Welcome back to the Best Coast Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Brandon. I'm here with Zach and Jordan. How are you guys yep. doing today? What's going on? Doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. warm. It's hot. Oh, Dude. yeah. It's hot here, too. So brutal. Had to throw together a makeshift podcast area for me today just to be able to record because I think the, the hot weather fried my computer. So that's always fun. Um, but we're here. We're here. We're back. We're recording. It feels good to be back. And, and uh, you know, I'd like to get a few more episodes out. Season's about ready to get going. So it's time to, to get the mocks and everything rolling now. So there was, I mean, there was technically football this past week. There was. There was actually, you know, there was there was some decent preseason as far as being able to see some of the players we were kind of, you know, curious about. Was there anything from preseason that you guys saw that kind of stood out? Any players, anything like that? Trey Lance is not good at football, and his team is, like, leading him out there to, dry, to die. Did you see the... I, there was a tweet that I saw, and I I don't necessarily believe this, but they were saying that uh, they wanted to justify essentially starting Brock Purdy. So they sent Lance out there and had him uh, like throw multiple times, even though they're usually like a run first offense. And that's why he took four sacks so early in the game was to kind of like prove a point, I guess. I mean, I don't, necessarily believe that but it also was kind of weird like with how much of a run first offense they kind of are like why they would go out there and just boom call especially after he took some like, hits he was taking preseason's kind of a time to experiment play around with your offense too though yeah and most teams don't show their hand and you know just immediately start showing what they're going to be running and everything but man he took a beating well, their so, backup running back's already injured, and you don't really want McCaffrey taking hits in the preseason. So, yeah, Jordan, I was talking to Zach about it, but did you see that um, the backup quarterback for uh, New England? Um. Oh yeah, that play was incredible. Where he uh, got out of like three different sacks and then ended up throwing it downfield for the touchdown. Yeah, and oh. he hadn't even taken any snaps in camp yet or in or anything at quarterback they were transitioning to wide receiver and they allowed him to play quarterback and he had it was like 19 yards passing 34 yards rushing and a touchdown and it was like whoa like and so now they're giving him reps at quarterback and like lamar jackson like tweeted out like you know quarterback one because i mean he is from the same college as lamar but you know, there's been a lot of like buzz around what this kid can do. I mean, I watched a lot of the highlights. It looked it looked good. I mean, he was for for not taking any snaps in camp or anything as a as a quarterback. It was it was pretty impressive. So yeah, he looked pretty impressive on that play for sure. Um, you know, uh, it's it's preseason, so you know you try not to get too excited. Or the the thing that I got my hopes up over the weekend is there's a potential that uh, the Raiders might actually show up on the defensive side. I'm not saying they're going to be like a top five defensive team. They just might show up and like maybe cracks, you know, the the middle 10 to 20 teams rather than being, you know, the very, very bottom. So that's, that's exciting. Yeah. And then uh, the Broncos looked awful. So I liked that. But that they was did. Fun. They looked so bad. The memes were great, we're, though. 
Russ was getting sacked all over the place, and the most, I, most I know he took a touchdown. Again. Yeah, it, it's it could be rough based on the O line. That's scary, and uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, you don't want to like like we said, don't overemphasize the preseason. They are putting it like these teams are using a, a bare bones scheme compared to like what they're you know what they normally do in in real game situations. So. You don't want to you don't want to like extrapolate too much from what happens in the preseason. I mean, well, the Ravens have won 24 straight preseason games. They haven't lost one since uh, what 2015, I think. So unless unless you have a rookie in a dynasty league do well, then extrapolate that to be like a Hall of Fame career trajectory. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Every 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 rookie you drafted this year, if he played well in the first preseason game, that, that they're they're going to the Hall of Fame. They're the next Justin Jefferson. They're going to be the 101 in two years. And uh, yeah, yeah, you should be really excited. Yeah, I'm happy cool. for you. Yeah, <laughs> you did great. I'm, I'm proud of all of you. So, because everyone's rookie was like perfect. Uh, so. Jordan Addison, baby, let's well, go to the all moon. Of the quarterbacks, all of the quarterbacks look terrible. Yeah, but see, you're all wrong. The best wide receiver was Tank Dell. Yeah. yeah. AT was, Perry, baby. <laughs> Tank Tank Dell's my boy. Uh, I, was, I was proud of him. So the little the little man got it done. What about Deuce Vaughn? Zach, Speaking I can't believe you didn't talk about Deuce Vaughn, man. I mean, take your child to work day worked out well for him. <laughs> <laughs> the Deuce is loose, man. <laughs> He's Yo. so small, but like oh. I've heard people like speculate. They're like, "Oh, is he so small? Like the defense can't find him?" And like at first, I just like. Rolled my eyes, chuckled, but like maybe it's true. He's so tiny, dude. Watching him out there is so crazy. Like he, he was great in college. Like he had Madden numbers. He had great runs, dude. Like some of those cuts and stuff that he had were awesome. DeAndre Swift had like that. Speaking of just cutting, like he had he broke someone's ankles out there. Like he had a cutback, and it was so nice. I was like. But well, that's that the thing just, with DeAndre Swift. He's going to break somebody's ankles. It's just unfortunately it might be his own sometimes. It might be his own. Yeah. Yeah. Going to break him straight back onto IR. But, you know, but Deuce Vaughn, I mean, he surprised me. Like, he's somebody I've been drafting, like, in, like, the 18th round of a lot of my best ball drafts just because you just never know. I mean, someone gets an opportunity. Well, it, it could happen. I mean, Pollard's not going to be able to take all the snaps there. That's exactly right. And they don't have he's, like a set in stone RB2. Yeah. To me, he's he's similar to A-Chain, where it's like this guy could be a change of pace back in a best ball format. Like he could easily take a long one to the house and have, uh, you know, a fine fantasy week for you and help a best ball team. Um, probably not a consistent option for your home leagues. You know, it's fine to take a shot with your last round pick on one of these guys. And that's probably what you can do in your home league. If that's if you really believe in one of them, but like outside of that, you know, it's they're they're not somebody dependable, but uh, but a fun guy to draft in a best ball league where you hope that they can uh, hit a couple long touchdowns throughout the course of the season and and maybe help you win a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, he's he's totally worth it to me at like seventeenth, eighteenth round. I mean, he's consistently like at the back end of almost every 18th round that I've been doing. And so I've just been throwing him on there. And like you said, I mean, he's got the speed and it's true. He gets lost in there. I mean, the guy can 
he might be able to get it done and it would be it'd be pretty crazy to to see it because the sideline like the views from uh like the normal the normal views looked fine like of the game like broadcast and stuff but all the ones that I see at like camp and all that stuff, I did not actually think that he was a player on the field. Like, it looked they, worse those, without pads. <laughs> like the pads added like an inch and a half, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Those first reports like of them showing that video, I thought it was a joke when, because I didn't even realize that it was Deuce Vaughn when they were saying, take your child to work day thing. And I was like, okay, this is kind of a joke. And then I realized that that was actually his size. And that was Deuce Vaughn. And I was like, okay. This is this is kind of crazy. But. Yeah, man. We we all know it. It's size doesn't matter. It's how you use it, and he's using it well so far. <laughs> uh, yes, he's, yes. He's tiny, but yep. yeah. I mean, small but mighty. Small but mighty. Uh, I mean, so, um, speaking of running backs. Matter. Speaking of running backs, some stuff happened today. I think. Did anybody see like some people signed? We yeah, did. Have there are a few big today. things that happened. Where caused did a, uh, caused a ripple or two? Yeah, your boy Zeke signed with the the New England Patriots, a six up to six million six six million dollar deal. Um, what do you what does that do for you with Ramondre? I mean, he was going pretty early on as as a running back. Does that move him for you, or you know? I read a tweet that there was like 200, he had over like 216 carries Ramondre did. There was 126 carries between the other running backs last season. Do you think Zeke gets a a majority of those other carries and Ramondre still gets his 200 plus carries or, you know, where does this affect him the most? I don't think it, for for my evaluation, from where I'm going to, if I were to draft him, I don't think it would change much. Because I mean, he still produced. I know Damian Harris was injured last year. Um, we, I kind of expected him to sign somebody. They worked out like every free agent running back over the last few weeks. So I, it, the writing was on the wall. Um, big Zeke fan, but he his legs aren't there. He, he may steal some goal line touchdowns, which sucks. But I mean, Ramondre is going to get the bulk of the touches. I don't think it, it. It doesn't scare me off of Ramondre any. That's yeah. That's kind of. I, I agree. What I would say, though, is if you were one of the people who believed in Kevin Harris or Pierre Strong or one of these guys as a backup to Ramondre, like that's that's completely dead. Because if Ramondre were to go down, this is definitely going to be a split backfield with Zeke, Kevin Harris. They're going to work in Ty Montgomery if he's healthy. So it's it's going to be a mess unless it's Ramondre. He's really the only person there I'd be interested in owning, you know, in, in really any format. Yeah. I kind of I kind of agree with that, and then another signing that came after the Zeke signing, Dalvin Cook signed with the Jets. Uh, we kind of saw this one coming, but there had been you know that lull period there where we weren't a hundred percent sure. But it sounds like they worked out a deal up to eight point six million, which is a pretty significant signing in, in my opinion. That's that's quite a bit of money. Um, you know, I think this says more about Brees Hall's readiness. Um, than anything, but I mean, I personally, I mean, I've, I've had this Twitter battle quite a bit. Um, I think Dalvin cook still has something left in there. Um, you know, I, I still think he can be a viable, you know, running back. And especially with a team that, you know, should have a pretty easy time moving the ball. Um, you know, how much does that change for him as far as your ADP for, for 
Dalvin goes, or does that affect your Brees Hall ADP? I mean, he was going pretty early. Uh, it's a good situation for Brees and for, for Dalvin, I mean. Like, it's a good situation to walk into. I think you're right that he probably still has, like, some left on the tires, and to go into a situation where he's not going to have to be the workhorse for the entire season, he's got another reliable piece there like that. They could end up working out as a, as a tandem. I don't want you know, any shares of Michael Carter's on of a night or Israel Abanacanda now at this point with, with those two there, I think they're clearly the, the two most talented running backs there. So uh, it should be, you know, both of them, as long as they're both healthy and then one or the other would probably get a very large workload without the other one there. So uh, I like both those guys. I think this might push Brees Hall's, uh, ADP down a little bit, which is nice because he still has the most upside, uh, you know, having some younger legs and everything. And um, he's coming back from the injury, but there's a lot of optimism there. And they're saying like, this doesn't have anything to do with Brees Hall. He's going to be good to go for week one. They could be lying because they did spend a little bit of money getting Dalvin Cook. And you should definitely pay attention to the money. But I think both those guys are going to be involved a lot. So I'd be fine with either one where they're, where they're at right now. Yeah. I, I love this for Brees Hall because like you said, it's going to push him down and I think it puts him now more into like a league winner possible candidate where you're not, if he drops like a round or two, um, you know, he's good. I, I sort of expected him to have a slow start coming off the injury regardless. They had um, yeah. other running backs, you know, I was higher on a, a band of Canada than, uh, I think NFL GMs were, and then he didn't even look good in the preseason, that first game. Um, so, like, if he, you know, starts slow, low workload, then by, you know, mid-season, he could take over that role and just, you know, he could pick up where he left off last season. He was having, like, 20, mid-20s point, fantasy points a game, and you got him in the fifth, sixth round. That's awesome. Um, Absolutely. I, I think, like, I, I think the signing is, is – there's. I think, yes, it was to take some of the load off of Hall, but, like, their quarterback is, like, 57 years old or something. Um, they're all in. Like, if you've got money to spend, there's a free yeah. agent to help you win. Like, just just do it, you know? And it's a one-year deal. It's not like they signed him for five years and, like, kicked the can down the road. But what else are they going to use the money yeah, on this Absolutely. Year? He's, he's good in pass pro. He's good in the pass game. So he gives you another weapon for Rodgers to, to hit when he's coming out of the backfield. Um, you know, so it, it's just, it, it's a smart move for the team. It's a great place for Dalvin to land because, you know, there was, you know, there was high hopes for some of these guys behind Brees Hall in this offense, but none of those guys had really established themselves as being worthy of that hope that the fantasy community always wants to give to like some of these young guys who are in a, a nice backup role. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think this is going to work out for Dalvin. I, I think a lot of Dalvin Cook owners are probably pretty happy that this is where he landed. Um, I mean, that being said, I'm not drafting Dalvin Cook. Like he's off my board. Yeah. So I mean, he's, he's fallen a, quite a bit the last few weeks. I have a fairly strict don't round. draft guys who aren't signed to an NFL team already, and I know he's going like early mid rounds. Uh, I. I don't think he's washed like Twitter does, but I also don't think he's got that much left in him. I think he's going to be like, might get you 20 here and two the next week. Um, 
I, I, plus, I just don't know what that offense is going to look like. Are they going to be run heavy? Are they going to be pass heavy? Are they going to be, you know, 17 to 14 defensive? Like, they could, they could go any direction with that team. I think they're going to be good, but I, I don't know. I think given his ADP where, where it is now, and I assume it's going to go up because he's going to a good team, uh, I'm out on him personally. So I think currently he's going in the eighth eighth round. One other thing I wanted to say too before I get into like his ADP, but um, is I think this this is also big to me for Brees long term, especially in the dynasty aspect, because it's that veteran presence that Brees Hall's never had. Like they've all been really young there, and I think Dalvin is going to help him in in that aspect as well. In in my opinion, I kind of see that, but. You know, I just I see him um, just kind of, I don't know, being there. But I, I don't think Dalvin is the player that he was before. Um, OK, his ADP has jumped significantly. It's up to 60, 69.5. Yeah, that's where I saw it earlier. I was like, no, so no, thank you. It was at 88. Um, I mean, I got it's him. also platform dependent, too. Yeah, this is on this is on sleeper as well. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm still not. He's still not like a, a do not draft, you know, candidate for me. I mean, it kind of depends on like your build, um, how your your format is. Uh, if you went wide receiver heavy, you know, I think if you did go wide receiver heavy to start, you know, getting Dalvin Cook, you know, in the sixth round is not terrible. Um, you know, some you might be able to get in the seventh round, but over the what next other running backs weeks, are going he's around gonna, there. Uh, let me take a look. Um, he's going to start to rise, I think, even a little bit more, um, too. But so in on S- sleeper right around there, he's going James Connors at 65, uh, Rashad White, 74, Pacheco, 75, Javante, 77, um, Brian. So I'd have him, give me Javante. Yeah, I'd take Javante and Connor easily above him. The other James, James Cook at eighty-five. I'd take Cook over him. I love James Cook. So, um, yeah, I mean, there there is a few guys. I mean, even even talking wide receiver around there, uh, Jahan Dotson's eighty-seven, Jordan Addison eighty-three, yep. um, Dotson I mean, for sure. Quentin Johnston is at 96. Brandon Cooks at 95. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I, I could be completely off and he'll just, you know, he'll get all the red zone touches and he'll be like the RB, a top 10 RB for the first half of the season. I, I don't know. I just, there's a lot of what ifs on that team and that's just another one. But the, the, the biggest winners, I think, are Devon A-Chain down in Miami because everybody, like, I, I was beating the drum of, Dalvin Cook should go to Miami. That offense is going to be incredible. And they just continue to not address running backs. And that talking about Jeff Wilson Jr. Mm. <laughs> they resigned him. He's probably he, he may lead be, the team in carries. Yeah, when healthy, just like the rest of them. No, it'll be like Tyreek Hill on end arounds because they just spread it yeah. out so much. So. um some other news uh, when it comes to running backs, the great Marlon Mack uh, suffered another um, season-ending injury. Everyone was so excited, and then the poor guy just—the sleeper community is—it it is. It's in shambles right now. Doesn't know what to do. We're cursed. With all the, 
it was all the excitement of him finally coming back again. And then poor I guys have great things. yeah, no, this is, this is why we can't have fancy things. You know, he's such a, such a great man. So hopefully he gets better. You know, I, I have a feeling though, this might, this might be it might be the end of the career. It was Achilles, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, another Achilles injury, Tim Patrick. Um, man, this one just, this one kills me, obviously, as a, as a Bronco fan, but a Tim Patrick fan, too. Um, well, given his uh, age, that might be it for him. Yep, that could be it for him as well. Uh, it's just terrible. I mean, he had the ACL injury last year. Um, you know, I was really excited to see him back uh, this year. And, uh, yeah, tore his Achilles at practice. Um, I'm just not sure. I, I don't know how he bounces back from this one. I mean, this will be two full years removed from playing plus, I mean, a little over two years with an Achilles injury. So, uh, we'll, we'll have to see, wish, wish him the best. Um, some other running back injuries, uh, Kendra Miller sprained his knee. Um, they say it's like a week to two weeks. I've seen kind of different reports, so not sure how long he's going to be out. Um, I did hear he's, they, they're not worried about him for week one. Like, he should be back by week one. He may not play in the preseason, which sucks because you want to see it. Yeah. And we kind of want to see what that backfield's going to look like. It's it's maybe the murkiest backfield in the league. What do you think? So I mean, frustrating. For the first three weeks, for sure. I mean, does that I think make I won't have any Saints bit... in my starting lineup. <laughs> okay, that's where, that's where I'm going, too. In, in, from the backfield, uh, give me Olave. But... Yeah. Yeah, give me a lot of I just don't. I don't think I can trust well, them. They, they met with Kareem Hunt even before this. Like, look, uh, one, one week ago before this this injury, because when a guy's hurt in the preseason, I do not want to draft him. Like, it, it's just it's not a good sign of things to come for the most part. And so, like, if a guy's already a little banged up in the preseason, I'm going to try and steer away from him. And I absolutely was loving Kendra Miller, especially at the draft cost, because it is a murky backfield. And it reminds me very much of the murky backfield situation that Alvin Kamara came out of for the Saints a few years ago, where they had uh, they had Mark Ingram, they had Adrian Peterson, and they just drafted Alvin Kamara. And it was the first couple weeks of the season, like Mar- uh, Mark Ingram led the way. And then Peterson and Camara were both kind of mixed in. It was more Peterson than Camara. And then they traded Adrian Peterson and Alvin Camara became a thing in his rookie season, like week five or week six. And so this seemed like it could be that situation, except on a sped up timeline because Kendra Miller is, you know, was going to be there and healthy for week one while Camara is missing three weeks. And so he could just enter into that situation and it could be him and Camara. And that would be fine. That would be great, and I would love it where, you know, Kendra Miller, you can get him even on sleeper in, like, the 11th or 12th round, like, super late at the end of your drafts as your fifth or sixth running back. Like, that's – I was loving that. Now that he's hurt, I'm I'm a broken man. His current <laughs> his current ADP is 166. It was I mean, stealing it, a week it's ago. It's worth it was, the risk there. But... It, it absolutely is, but, man – it's a lot of Bef- ticket. Before the tweaked knee, I was so all in on Kendra Miller. Well, and if they do still bring in another veteran, because Kamara's out for what, three games, and 
I don't know. They signed Jamal Williams, who's coming off a great season. We're going to do breakouts and busts in just a few minutes, and he was going to be my breakout until this injury, and then I changed it to another player I absolutely love and I'm very excited about, but I just, Kendra Miller was to the moon for me, and and now I'm, I'm having to rethink that, and it's left me not as excited about the very end of my drafts as I was. Yeah. Uh, another player, Joe Mixon. This is just something to keep an eye on, really. Uh, his trial started today for all the off-the-field issues. I'm not sure what's going to come of that. I'm not sure. Do you think there could be a chance of a possible suspension, or do you think it kind of depends on how this whole trial plays out? And there's always uh, a chance. <laughs> there's always a chance, but he's, to be uh, clear, he's not facing any criminal charges. This is a lawsuit. This is civil court, not not like there's no charges pending or anything. There's no chance he's doing jail time or anything. So uh, I'd say the suspension's less likely because of that. Uh, we'll see what happens. There's certainly not going to do anything until after this is over. And there's been some kind of, you know, verdict in this. So I would, I would expect it'll be several weeks before we know anything about a potential suspension or anything like that. Yeah, if he's suspended in any form, I would imagine it's going to be next season. But like, look back when like when Zeke got suspended for six games, there was no criminal anything then too, and it's all up to Goodell and the Players Association and their attorneys and stuff. So it 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 just sort of seems uh, arbitrary how many games you get for what and stuff. So I, I wouldn't rule it out by any stretch of the imagination, especially. If it gets more media attention, I mean, if there's a handgun and a kid involved, you know, cause a cause a backlash for the league that they don't want. So, um, yep. At I think there's time, a chance, though, but I'm it doesn't not affect, it. affect. Yeah. yeah, same. Uh, Rashad White uh, left practice, but appears to be good, according to Zach. Though, just not good at football. Yeah, um, it's true. So you know, he's a hater. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm not a hater. I'm a realist. I'm, yeah, just I'm not going to say he's good not good at football because he's a lot better at football than me. You know I'm who else isn't good at football? Leonard Fournette last year, who continued to get touches because he's better than White. That's true. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. He's he's one of the people that's on my do not draft board. Um, not Rashad a White is on, is on both of y'all's do not draft board. Yes, he's not on my don't draft. It's like if he falls a round or two, sure, you know, he's going to have an opportunity. I just don't. I know, just it's going to be like volume, it. not talent. I don't like that a lot of that offense in general. Um, Baker doesn't well, I don't either. But but the thing with Rashad White that I think people are finding appealing is the volume aspect, which is king for running backs in fantasy football. Like there's really nobody else there. Keyshawn Vaughn is, you know, a, nothing. <laughs> he, yeah, he's he's significantly worse than Rashad White. Significantly smaller. Rashad White is the only guy there who. You know, can can pass protects, can run between the tackles, can do all the things you need a running back to do. And they're not going to be a good team, but we see at least one or two running backs from a bad team finish in the top 10 every year. And it's generally because of massive volume. And Rashad White could be that guy. Rashad White could easily be the, you know, close to 300 touches. Uh, you know, he's not going to have the touchdown upside, but he could still have you know, maybe eight to 10 touchdowns on the season. If he's getting all the goal line work, which he probably will be because, you know, he shot on is very small. So 
that guy you're describing plays for Arizona right now. That's James Conner. Okay. But I mean, Rashad White has youth on his side, and we see, you know, very few running backs of James Conner's age actually succeed. So, you know, it's again, it's a volume play, but I'd rather take a volume play on a bad team with a guy who's 23 or 24 years old than a guy who's 27 or 28 years old. With an injury history. James Conner, injury history. So, um, all right, let's hop into our uh, breakouts and busts. Um, so let's talk about our, our breakouts first, who we think will outperform their ADP. Um, Jordan, why don't you go ahead and go with, uh, with yours first? All right. My breakout this year, uh, is James cook bills running back currently going at ADP 85.7 as the RB 31, which to me seems just ridiculous. Uh, you know, we're talking about a bills offense that has several other players being drafted way ahead of this. And from all the things we're hearing out of camp and all indications, James cook is easily the first running back up for this off awesome team. Uh, you want, you know, generally you want running, you know, I just talked about Rashad white. He could maybe get there on volume despite the bad team and how maybe one or two guys from a bad team end up in the top 10 running backs. Oh, well, all of the rest of them come from good teams. So it's a lot better to target a guy on a good team on an offense. that's going to be scoring a lot of touchdowns and James cook could easily be that guy. If he can establish himself as the second target in this offense behind Stefan Diggs, or even the third target in an offense that moves the ball this much and this well, um, he, he could just absolutely outperform his ADP there easily be better than RB 31. I, I love him as a top 20 running back. I think he's probably a top 15 running back. And so where you're getting him is an insane value. He may not have the, you know, the upside to finish as a top three running back, but where you're getting him, if he's going to be your third running back or fourth running back on your team, uh, it, it's really nice to have that flexibility and a guy you feel like you can throw in every week and he's got some touchdown upside. Yeah, I, I think he's almost assured to outperform ADP or, or position draft, whatever. Um, the only way it doesn't happen is if if we were lied to all offseason where we've heard that the Bills don't want Allen getting hit as much and may give up some of those goal line touches. You know, when it gets later in the season, the games really, really matter. Do they really take it out of his hands? I don't know. But and, I, I, I mean, think they he's just in... absolutely set up for success. My only worry is like like we when we talk about goal line carries. Like I mean, I think I think, you know, between the twenties, yeah, I, I love him as a pass catching back, all that stuff. I, I do think he outperforms his ADP. I agree with that. But, you know, um as crazy as it sounds, like I mean, they did bring in Latavius Murray, who I still think can he's not a he's he's a guy that you just give the ball to in the between the like ten yard line, you know, but um, and then even Damian Harris, you know, I think they could take away some of that, that goal line work that you want. But I think James Cook, especially in a PPR format is, uh, that's just phenomenal value. I mean, it's, I it's just want really to mark it down real quick. Sorry to interrupt. It is 826 PM on August 14th. We just had Brandon talk about Latavius Murray for the first time. Uh, <laughs> he's uh, he's going to outscore Damian Harris this year. That's probably true. Damian Harris is already hurt. Yeah. Well, I'm so, 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 
And who doesn't love Latavius Murray? You know, he's played on almost every team in the NFL. How can you not like the guy? He used to be a Raider at one point. Like, I dig Latavius Murray. Happy to hear you guys who took him in the second it. round several years ago when he was on the Raiders probably don't like him because he didn't perform then, but fair. since then. All right, that's fair. But yeah, he's he's a a journeyman, you know? He's yeah, one of those he's... guys. He's been around forever. He's played for a bunch of different teams, and he's an enjoyable character. Yeah. I'm rooting for him still. I'm just saying, as far as goal line carries go, you've got backs there that can compete for it, and then you've still got Josh Allen. But that does not – I I don't know that he could get to the top 15 necessarily, but, you know, top 24 for sure, um, you know, even top 20. But, I mean, getting him at the RB31, like you said, that to me that's crazy. Um and and I just think that's that's great value. So that's on sleeper. I mean, he could be even going later in ESPN. I'm not sure. That was just on sleeper. Um, I'm I know for a fact that in you know in the the uh, best ball leagues and stuff, he's going higher than that. So he is going uh, if higher. Drafting, that. If you're drafting best ball, he's going to be going earlier, and you're going to have to take him earlier. And uh, I still think he's probably a good pick. Uh, you know, even if you're drafting him at RB25. Um, yeah, because he's he's probably going to be a top 20 running back with that offense. If, yeah. You know, if this and you're always hoping for the best case scenario, you're drafting for upside and his upside really is that, you know, he could have uh, a lot of touches in this backfield. He could be, you know, having 10 to 15 carries a game, plus some receiving work, maybe four or five receptions out of the backfield and have the touchdown upside on that good offense. So. Uh, you know, that's that's just where I'm going with James Cook. And I think, you know, the upside is going to help him outperform that ADP. So I, I think he's a great pick there. We saw uh, the streaks of it last year, too. Like you saw yeah. that he could do it. I mean, the pass catching ability, the way that offense moves the ball. I mean, if they give him the opportunities, he has the ability to do it. So. Um, Zach, you want to jump into yours? Yeah, when. uh I kind of hate telling you guys this, although you probably know we've done enough mocks together. Um, I'm super, super high on Deontay Johnson this year, receiver for the Steelers. Um, I can promise you he will not get fewer touchdowns than he did last year this season. (laughs) Uh, The guy is just a target machine. I mean, last year he had, outside of his rookie year where he was, you know, like the third, fourth guy, the fewest uh, targets on the team that's with a rookie quarterback, he still had 147. It's insane. Like fewest receptions, uh, he still had eighty six. You know, um, I think unfortunately, like I'm not the biggest Kenny Pickett fan, um, but it is a year two quarterback, year two of a first round quarterback, the only first round quarterback last year. Um, not that that's guaranteed success, but uh, the team is is behind him. At least the front office is behind him for for this season. Um, I think if even if he puts up similar stats to last year as far as receptions and yards, we're, we're still not as good as the year prior. But if he gets five, six touchdowns, which is not a lot. I mean, that's still like less than his career average. He, he's yeah, we're talking DJ Moore numbers for touchdowns, and he's going to be great. <laughs> right. And he could easily get more than that. I mean, they do, ha- they do have a lot of weapons in Pittsburgh, especially in the red zone. I mean, they, their running back is 500 pounds. Their tight ends, five, both their tight ends are 500 pounds. Plus, George Pickens is a beast. So, um, Yeah, yeah. 
and he's going to wide right? receiver 33, you know, for, for reference. I mean, that's, that's absurd to me. So, I mean, I'm not saying like he has a, a season, the, the 2021 season, he finished um, right around a wide receiver one level. Um, I'm not necessarily projecting that for him, given Pickett, given the other weapons, given just the embarrassment of riches we have at the wide receiver position across the league these days. But I th- I don't, barring injury, I don't foresee him doing worse than last year. And there's no way he's getting worse stats than Gabe Davis. And that, Gabe Davis was wide receiver 33 last year. Yeah, in a full PPR, there's no way Deontay Johnson's not a positive return on your investment at wide receiver 33. Like he's easily going to finish in the top 25 with in a in a full PPR league. Well, in Even fairness, half. yeah, the, the wide receiver 33 is half PPR. He is going a bit higher in full PPR. I think okay. he was like mid 20s, but even still, I would wager that he finishes higher than that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah top 24 I'll, easy, and. Yeah. And with the upside of making it into the top 10 with some positive touchdown regression, because yeah, the volume is going to be there and he's, he's been a reliable pass catcher for a long time. We've seen a lot of games where Deontay Johnson has 10 receptions and you know, uh, he just, he needs to get some luck with the touchdowns that he didn't have last year, but I'm totally with you on Deontay Johnson uh, being a breakout this year. It's hard to say a breakout. He he's already fully broken out. Oh like, yeah, the two previous yeah. seasons. But the you know the, to return to on investment is I, I, it's great. Our criteria for breakout was just that they would surpass their ADP. So you know that's that's what we're calling breakout is outperform ADP. So I I love that for sure. Um. Okay. So mine is. I, Deontay Johnson was going to be to be my my breakout as well. I, I do really love that one. Um, my uh, breakout this year is going to be Brandon Ayuk, um, and I know this is kind of interesting. I know there's a lot of people that are really high on Brandon Ayuk. Um, his ADP currently is sixty six point eight, going as a wide receiver twenty seven. Um, if you look at like toward the end of last season, um, you know with Purdy. Uh, weeks six through uh, 12 were, were great weeks for him, um, averaging over 12 fantasy points a game and in half PPR format, um, even higher in a full PPR format. Yes, he did have a couple of, you know, really down games. Uh, week 15 against Seattle last year, bad game, only 3.9 fantasy points, not very good. But they they have, yes, there's a lot of mouths to feed there. There's Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, you know, George Kittle. Like I, I get all of that, but like Ayuk was getting targeted. He was the wide receiver 15 um, through the, the final, uh, I think it was the final seven weeks of the season, um, you know, was getting targeted, was the downfield threat that they kind of wanted, was being utilized. And then when you take into the time when Kittle was missing time or Debo was missing time, he was being used even more. And let's be honest, I mean, part of that team that a lot of those stars miss time. Debo misses time. Kittle hardly ever plays a full season. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey has an injury history himself. And, you know, if when they're not on the field, I think Brandon Ayuk is uh 
a great target for them. Um, I don't see how he ends outside of at least the top 24, even top 20. Um, I think there's a chance he could finish in the top 15 this year. Um, you know, all the mouths to feed there don't necessarily bother me. I think he's starting to uh, make himself known to be that target for them there. And I like the step that even Purdy could take this year. Um, I'm hoping that he's fully healthy and ready to go. Cause if not, this whole thing that I'm saying right now makes no sense because I don't think there's anyone else there that can throw the ball. So this is, you know, fully dependent on Purdy being the quarterback. That is Sam Darnold erasure right there. That yes. guy looked halfway decent in the first preseason game. So, you know, but I really, I, I really like Brandon Ayuk, um, especially where you're able to get him, uh, you know, this year still. I think a lot of people are pretty high on Brandon Ayuk, but I could easily see him finishing as a top 15 wide receiver this year. No, nah, he was a monster at the end of the last season. He and, and when Kittle were healthy both. Yeah. Um, those are Purdy's guys. Yeah, and I think you touched on it that the big knock against him really is just going to be how many mouths there are to feed there. When everybody's healthy, these guys are going to be up and down a little bit as the ball gets distributed around. Like Shanahan's, you know, not just going to favor one guy over and over and over again. Like McCaffrey will see the most volume, but a lot of that will be in the run game and the short pass game. Uh, Ayuk, I think, is the downfield threat with kind of Debo doing some all over stuff similar to to CMC and Kittle is the the middle of the field kind of guy. But um, and along with Debo a little bit, too. But, uh, you know, there's going to be some inconsistency when everybody's healthy. But I think you're right that, you know, if any of those people are missing time, Ayuk's volume really goes up. And he has the talent to to put up tons of fantasy points with that volume. So, um Possibly a little inconsistent. All the Kittle's already banged up a little bit, so but possibly inconsistent to start the season. And then as things go on and 49ers deal with injuries that they always do, then um, you could have some really big weeks for my Uke. So I, I like that. Yeah. Um, okay, let's hop into our busts now, who we think will underperform from their current ADP. Uh, Zach, why don't you go first? Just uh... well, that it's going to be easy for me because you pretty much just laid out why my guy is not going to hit his ADP. Um, that's Debo Samuel, who I really like. I even traded for him in the off season, uh, one of our dynasty leagues. But I, I, my eyes told me last year, like when Purdy was going in, it was going to Ayuk, it was going to Kittle, and obviously McCaffrey got traded there. Uh, but I like really. I, I traded for him based on name recognition. I mean, I, I got a, an offer I couldn't turn down uh, with him being the headliner. But I was looking at it for for this season, and I mean, we all know he's a dual threat. Like the the twenty twenty one season, he was incredible. Um, he, he has this innate ability to just not get tackled. Like you hit him, and he just keeps running. But all of his numbers were down across the board last year. Um, I mean, we know he's a running threat, right? Like, how how many yards do you guys think he ran for last year? Oh, I have no idea what he did the year before. Maybe two hundred, probably not even that. It was two thirty-two. Okay, on forty-two carries, which I mean, it's good yard per carry, but it's not. Yeah, it was about fifty percent less than the year before. Five fewer touchdowns on the ground. Um, he got targeted thirty times less last year. He had. 20 fewer receptions. And I, they had, you know, quarterback issues last year. They got weapons, but like, is that any different this year? He missed we, four games. 
He did. He did. He missed four games. Yeah. Um, but like you just said, when Purdy was in, he was going to Ayuk. He was going to Kittle. And they added McCaffrey. Like, why? Why would we expect that to change? He's currently getting drafted as the 16th wide receiver overall. I, I think there's a, another handful of guys that would easily take over him. And then there's another handful that, you know, you could make a argument one way or the other. If you're just spending that kind of capital, yeah. I want more of a sure thing. Like, everybody, you know, it's an old saying, like, you don't win your league at the draft, you can lose it. I, I feel like I'm not saying he's going to be a bust, but I am not confident enough that he's going to return the capital. I'm well, not returning enough points based on the capital. Here's some wide receivers going around him or, or even running backs. I mean, um, running back, uh, Jameer Gibbs, 36.5. Um, you know, Debo's Gibbs 37.5. All day. Calvin Ridley, 38.1. Well, Ridley's Ridley. who I traded it for, so that's interesting. <laughs> to be honest, I, I would take Ridley. Um, yeah. You got buyer's remorse, but. Okay, this one's interesting. Keenan Allen. Keenan. Yeah. Yep. I know. Um, that, I mean, the health is the, the one. Amari Cooper. Toss up. Debo. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins. Debo. DJ Moore. More. Debo. See, I would take more. Um, I know what you're going to say to this one. Uh, I, actually, I won't say that one. Uh, Drake London. Debo. Debo. Jer- Jerry Judy. Debo. Yeah, Debo. Christian Watson. Watson. I think Debo is a better player, but yeah, give me Chris, Watson. Christian Watson's going 20. His ADP is 21 after. Christian Watson. Yeah, but I'm 56. really high on Christian Watson this year, and I'm so somewhat. Somewhat lower on Debo. I mean, as we heard, there are a few names behind Debo that I would prefer over Debo. But then past that, I started going so, with Debo. Debo, Debo. So Debo, he's going yeah. wide receiver 16. If he's your second receiver, that's awesome. That's, that's great. No problems with that. If he's your first wide receiver, your best wide receiver on your fantasy roster, I'm not, I'm, I'm not no, loving that. You're not going to be happy with that. Yeah. You're, and you're given where he's going, he's going to be one of those two. Like, I mean, outside of a dynasty or keeper league, like that's that's where he's going. Yeah. Um, okay, Jordan, you want to throw yours out? I'd love to. So mine's another wide receiver uh, going a little bit later, uh, and it is Terry McLaurin, Commanders wide receiver, going forty nine point five, and uh, going as wide receiver twenty one. So a little later than uh, Debo. But my issue here is I see really no upside with Terry McLaurin. Uh, he's never finished inside the top 20 at wide receiver in points per game. Um, he's, you know, he's not winning you weeks. He like in any kind of home league where you're only starting, you know, two or three wide receivers every week, or maybe, you know, maybe even four wide receivers. Like he's just not helping you win. If you have a really deep league, or you need to start five wide receivers, then I think Terry McLaurin's a better pick because he's going to be pretty consistent. He's going to put up, 
you know, a reasonable amount of points in that like second or third, you know, second or third uh, flex spot for you or whatever it is, if you're in a deep league like that. But, you know, in a home league where you're just starting one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers and a flex and tight end and stuff, then then I don't really want anything to do with Terry McLaurin. Like he I, I feel like you're drafting him right now at wide receiver 21. And that is pretty much his ceiling, at least in a points per game metric. He may finish the season better than that. Cause he's, he, you know, he's, he's been a healthy player. He's usually shown up for the majority of games. And so you could see some guys who are, you know, significantly better than him on a week to week basis, not quite meet the same season long threshold if they miss four or five games. Um, but I just I don't think he's enough of a difference maker. And that's why I'm putting him here is I just don't see him outplaying that ADP. You know, they've got question marks at quarterback for the commanders. Um, you know, he he's made his career on playing with crappy quarterbacks. So I don't think he's yeah, going to yes. finish like way, way worse than this. So, you know, again, if that's what you're looking for and you're in a deep league where you need to start a lot of wide receivers, I think you can do a lot worse than Terry McLaurin. But in a in a smaller league where you really need those stars and those guys who can win you weeks, I'm out on, on McLaurin. But this He's is got some... more competition there this year with Dotson going into a second year, and I love Dotson, and he's going a lot later in drafts. So I feel like if you want to take a shot on that commander's offense, that's where you do it. I just I don't want McLaurin. Well, these are some wide receivers. Oh, go ahead, Zach. No, he's just the epitome of a a safe pick to me. Like, yeah, he's going a little after Debo, but I would take him over Debo as a wide receiver too. Yeah, I would take Debo with at least some upside and some touchdown upside with that offense, and I would way rather have Debo than McLaurin. But let me ask you this. So these are some wide receivers that are going after him, and I would personally take almost all of these guys, if not all of them. DJ Moore. Yeah, DJ Moore. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Judy. No. Judy. I would take Judy. No. Drake London. No. Drake London. Christian Watson. Yes. Christian Watson, yes. Okay, here's another, to me, good wide receiver, bad offense. Chris Godwin. No. That's tough. I think I'd take McLaurin. Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, Ayuk. Okay, Brandon Ayuk is 66 on the ADP. Terry McLaurin is 49. You know, there's also running backs around that position that I'm a little bit more interested in. I mean, even DeAndre Hopkins is at 47. Um, if Sam Howell is just mediocre, which he he, he may not be, <laughs> but if he's just mediocre, I think those stats, like he, he's had like almost identical stats the last two years, 77 catches, um, a thousand to almost twelve hundred yards, five touchdowns. He basically finishes right at wide receiver twenty four, wide receiver twenty five every season. I think that's basically like where Terry McLaurin finishes almost every single year. That don't make me defend him as a, as a Dallas fan. This but is the issue. This is the his issue. Quarterbacks have been so bad, and that's what I'm saying. If he can get just mediocre quarterback play, he could. He could. He. You could justify it, like. Am I going to go bet the mortgage on Terry McLaurin being a wide receiver one tomorrow? No, but I, I think he could be a solid wide receiver two in this in the wide receiver two range. The, the I, issue, I though, is like, like I said, I don't think he's going to finish way lower than this in the overall season rankings. What I think is that 
This is also where he finishes on a week to week basis. Like he doesn't put up these splash like 30, 35, 40 point games. So he's not yeah. going to be out here occasionally winning you weeks. He's going to be out here like consistently giving you a decent floor and pretty much no ceiling. And like that Steady can be up. nice. That can be nice in a deeper league where you got to fill a lot of positions. But in a, you know, in a league where you're like, I really hope I get 20 points out of these, every one of these guys so that I, you know, have a chance to be top scorer on the week and, and try and push this team that's starting, you know, 10 guys total all the way to a championship. Terry McLaurin's not helping me do it. Not on a week to week basis and not on the season long. He only had six weeks last year where he finished inside the top 24 wide receivers. So that's kind of where I look at it. So mine's a, mine's a little bit different. Mine's not originally mine was going to be a breeze hall. And then the Dalvin cook signing came. I, at his current ADP was where I was kind of talking about where I thought it was more of a, a bust, but mine is actually a little bit different. So it's not necessarily saying that this player is going to be a bust. Cause I don't think that this player is going to be a bust, um, it's just where I think they're currently being drafted. I like quite a few of the players in that area. Um, but it's it's TJ Hawkinson um, currently being drafted as a tight end three. I think he has a chance of finishing, obviously, in, in the tight end. You know, the top three tight ends, top five tight ends. Um, I agree with that. But he's currently being drafted at ADP 43. And the only reason why I say that um, – is because if you look at like some of the players that to me that are going around in, in that area, you know, I, I even like a lot of the quarterbacks that are going in that area. Um, you know, it, to, to me, the, the point value that you're getting there, um, you can use at a, another position to me at, at an ADP 43. Cause I don't know that with the mouths that they have to feed in, in, Minnesota now with Jordan Addison, obviously Justin Jefferson, you know, you have Madison, even some say McBride or Chandler, you know, um, I don't know if Hawkinson's going to give you that to me that the, the same thing, the, the league winning week where some of those players going around him, I, I think have the ability to do that. Um, and I think that there's some other tight ends going after him that I think have a chance to finish higher than him. And I would, I would prefer. Um, so it's not necessarily saying that I think he's going to be a bust uh, per se, but it's more that I think that there's other tight ends I think could outperform their ADP and help you more at that later, those later rounds than, um, you know, than he could, you know, I, I, I like, um, you know, uh, Dallas Goddard, Darren Waller, I think even Evan Ingram, um, you know, we talked a little bit about what, you know, Fryermuth could take a, a jump this year with, um, you know, Pickens uh, taking, you know, second year. Uh, even David Njoku, you know, I like a little bit uh, more there. So there's just some tight ends later in the draft that I think you can get that have a chance to even finish higher than him um, at that current, you know, 43 ADP. So... Yeah, I feel like that's a waste of a pick where he's going. I like him as a player, but I mean, he had that absolute monster game last year um, before he got traded. He had like 30-some, 40-some points. It was ridiculous. <clears throat> and he was still good in Minnesota, but 
unless you're getting Travis Kelsey, like I, I just don't really want to spend high on a tight end. Like I know the 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 second tier guys are still good, but like you said, there's so many other good players in that range. Um, we see time and time again that these middling tight ends do not work out. Like if you don't take Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews you should probably wait until like double digit rounds to take your tight end because it's more likely to work out than the guy you take in like the fifth round. It just, yeah, those guys just always disappoint. Like yeah, I mean, even if they pay I mean, off for ADP, they don't actually do anything to help your team win on a week to week basis. And you're giving up a lot at the RB and wide receiver positions, or maybe even an elite QB still to get a middling tight end that, like when you face the Kelsey's and Andrews, you're way outmatched. And then you also might just get outmatched by some random waiver wire tight end on a week to week basis. So there's, well, even, there's just not I mean, a lot of point shortly after where he's going or is where Kittle and Pitts go. And I'd, I'd prefer both of them over Hawkinson this season. Yeah. I, I, See, I don't mean, know if I'm drafting any of those guys. I mean, I'm, like I'm probably not either, but given like he's going tight end three, I, I'm not so confident that he's going to finish two or three that I would take him over those other guys around later who I think have just as good, if not better shot to finish two or three. Yeah. I think his, I think his fantasy finish last year was so skewed because like you said that he had the 39 point game against Seattle right before he got traded. And then he did have a 35 point week against the giants. But other than that, you're looking at, you know, eight points, 11 points, 11 points, eight points, 15, seven points, 11 points, eight points. It's like, are you in that range where you're going to be drafting him at 43, you're giving up so much and even higher upside of players. I mean, the players going around him, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, Amari Cooper, even Justin Fields, Herbert Hopkins, McLaurin, like these are players that have potential in a week. Take every single one of them over him. It's same, you know, and that's where, I just I think a lot of people are buying into this um, narrative of needing to have okay the top you know one of the top three tight ends or top four tight ends and the, their ADP is rising to me too much but that top four tight end really isn't that much to me I mean if you're getting an eight point week out of your tight end are you really making that big of a difference in your week? Compared to, okay, yeah, you may have had a five-point week out of your tight end, but you had a 26-point week out of the wide receiver that you drafted there. You know, to me, it's it's such a big difference that I just, I can't see spending the ADP on a tight end in the fourth or even fifth round right there. Excuse me. I agree. So. I agree. And, it's, and, you know, there's guys I've been drafting a lot more frequently, like Waller and Goddard, where usually one of those guys is going to slip to like the sixth round, where it feels a little better because you've already solidified yourself at running back and wide receiver, probably, or maybe you have an elite quarterback. And, I think they both have as much upside. Really str- yeah, they, exactly. I think both those guys have as much upside as Hawkinson. They're a couple rounds later. And then there's still guys even later than that. If you really want to punt the position, I feel like it's, you know, it's never a bad thing to, to punt on tight end. If you'd miss out on Kelsey, basically, you know, there's and so only many, one person gets Kelsey. Yeah. You know, and there, there's so many out there every year. We have somebody that jumps into the, 
you know, top seven, top 10 tight ends that we didn't see or expect it. I mean, it, it's Evan good. Ingram's done it twice in his career. Yeah. I mean, he's in his seventh <laughs> year and the dude all like had an amazing season last year. Um, you know, there's After not guy. doing anything since his rookie year. Yeah. Dalton Kincaid. I mean, I, I like him as a tight end this year. He's going a lot later. I was a lot higher on Dulcich, but that's confusing the heck out of me. And I'm, I mean, I'm a Bronco fan. I have no idea what the whole Troutman thing's all about. Um, There's a lot of hype for Kincaid, and I'm more than happy to pick him up off the waiver wire midseason. Yeah. I will never draft a rookie tight end. No, he's, going, he's going a lot, a lot later. I mean, there's uh, Gerald Everett. I mean, oh yeah, give me Gerald Everett, absolutely yeah. I mean, at the end ADP, of my draft. Yeah, for free. One sixty four <laughs> is his ADP. Um, you know, uh, you can get Fryermuth pretty late, and I love Fryermuth's upside. The only problem is he's going right next to Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, and so anytime you draft one of those guys, and then you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I could draft. Friermuth, oh crap! Like I really don't want to stack two Pittsburgh guys because I know I'm not going to draft Kenny Pickett, and yeah, it's not. not I'm not that excited <laughs> about that team. Yeah, like I think one of those guys could be really good if the other guys kind of aren't. If I, so if I miss out on the two wide receivers, like if I if I was doing a, a startup draft or even a keeper league or something, and I missed out on those two guys, yes, I would love. Friermuth. I mean, he's going to have his weeks. Uh, he is a red zone threat, um, you know, but in his ADP is 84. I mean, it's just, that's where I'm looking at it. Like, I mean, at 43, you're establishing, you're still establishing your running backs, wide receivers, or like you said, those elite quarterbacks. I mean, some of those quarterbacks that are going in that range, like we talked about of, uh, you know, um, Justin Fields, Justin Herbert, you know, some of those guys, even Trevor Lawrence, like give me those guys any day over taking Hawkinson at that point. I just, yeah. it's, it's yeah, not pretty easily. Saying, it's not necessarily saying that Hawkinson is not worth drafting. It's just, I would prefer him. I would prefer him to fall down further to me to be able to get him. Um, so yeah, well, uh, do you guys want to touch on the other stuff? Or do we want to save that for next episode? Let's let's save that for next episode, man. I'm sitting here. I'm I'm sticking to my chair through my shirt. Okay, and it's okay. and it's not like it's not like uh you know when you have like a, a a decal or something on your shirt and that sticks. No, this is like a this is like a nice shirt, and I'm I'm sticking to my chair through it because it's it's that hot. Bro, and I know bro. you are probably not doing any better than me. So <laughs> my, my laptop is literally burning my legs. So I feel this, uh, it, we had a random heat wave. So we're we're in in on the the west coast here. We had a a crazy heat wave. So it's 109 degrees here today. I know some of you guys are out there that that's nothing for you guys, but for us, this is this is death. The hottest yeah. day of the year. Yeah, this is we had, very hot. We had a very balmy 79 today. Um, oh, 80 tomorrow. Oh, so I feel that's, like rough. that's rough. You know, I, I'm a summer dude. Like I, I love the heat way more than the cold and like bring on the eighties and even the nineties. I'm like, yeah, this is fine. But man, once you hit those, those upper triple digits, it's just like, okay, that's a it's bit a excessive. Yeah, I can't do yeah, it. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Oh yeah. And it's, it's wet. 
sitting at my desk at work, which is in a warehouse. So it's not, we don't have like AC or uh, anything. Like we don't have uh, insulation. So it's generally like 10 degrees hotter in the warehouse. And I'm just like spraying myself with a spray bottle. (laughs) I'm going to say, I, I, you know, I, Shout out to Ritter. I, I do I do feel really bad for the guy. I I, I he wanted to leave early today because he knew it was gonna be really hot in our warehouse. I ended up giving him mm-hmm. like an order to pull at like the end of the day. Okay, so oh. it's like it, we had no choice. It's for a job tomorrow, like kind of no choice yeah. type of thing. Yeah, it like, I mean it was it's brutal hot out there. So he got like part of it done and was like, dude, I'll be here at like four AM tomorrow to have it like to finish getting it pulled. Because that warehouse was so hot and I felt bad, but you know, shout out to him. No, he's, yeah. He's There's a no. reason when I, when I lived in El Paso and, and worked in a foundry, we did graveyard shift and that's what everybody did because it's 90 degrees and not 190 degrees. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. Like we, we sent most of our crew home at three today, but I'm a lead. So like one of us has to be there to close up at five when the customers are actually done with, with needing stuff. And so, and that, you know, our, our UPS pickup is until 445 or whatever. So somebody's got to be there. And it, it was just me today, but it was it was fine, but it's hot. It's been a long, hot day. I'm, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to call it. But let's uh, let's try and get together and do this uh, draft strategy show really soon, because I think it's really important to get it out there before people have all their home league drafts and everything. They're coming up quick. I cannot wait. We have two in the same weekend. Um, I might have a third that weekend too because I'm starting a league at work. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I I might be joining one with the guys from the Scott Fishbowl. Oh, snap. uh, Some more humble brag there. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Uh, Uh, You might have heard of this thing. I'm a little, I'm in a little thing called uh, the, 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 it's the Scott Fishbowl uh fishbowl is it yeah, have you guys heard that, of this just that just that one thing but no <laughs> one of the guys was talking about like wanting to start up another one and i was like i'm in like yes <laughs> i would love to because i'm not gonna lie like the the people that i drafted with they 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 know football really well and it's really cool to be in a draft with you know a ton of people that are like really invested in fantasy football like you always everybody it's always fun to win your draft, but it sucks too to be the the big fish in the little pond sometimes. Like you want to actually be challenged. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the, the, these guys are like talking with them, like you know, pretty much every day they're having different conversations in there about all sorts of different stuff, and it's cool to see the different viewpoints because we've all been in the same league with like the same people. It's a pretty close group of friends. Like, yeah, we all take it pretty seriously. There's, you know, but but these guys are from like all over the place and just hearing the different point of views and, and why they kind of look at things differently. It's, it's been really, I, I guess, uh, refreshing to kind of, to kind of see those points of views too. Um, and so, you know, I, I've really enjoyed getting the opportunity to kind of talk with some of those people. I mean, I got lucky, like I said, I, I didn't get the initial invite. I, I took over a team. So, you know, I, I kind of got lucky, uh, finishing that draft out, but, um, Hopefully I can get in another one with a few of those guys, but um, I think my fiance is going to kill me at some point if I uh, <laughs> keep doing this because I'm already in like six or something. And so it's, yeah, not to mention my well, like 29 best ball drafts. So, 
Well, let this be a lesson to you guys. You know, you never know what might happen. Just go out there, meet some strange fantasy football players and start a league. Exactly. Exactly. It's fun. It's going to be fun. When we started the Best Coast League, I mean, we got, um, you know, people from from Twitter and, and different places. And, you know, some of those people, it's been awesome to get to know those people, you know. Shout so, out Jossley, you rock. There's yeah, and I mean, several other people who we've traded with and who we have really fun interactions with in the Best Coast League. Who, yeah, we we would not have known. Yep. So you know, Jossley's clear over in on the other side of the country. Yeah, Canadian. And uh, yeah, yeah, so, so it's amazing. Do so. it. Um, all right. Well, uh, you guys can find us on. This is so weird to say. You can find us on X. Uh, formerly, formerly Twitter, Twitter. Like, <laughs> yeah, you have to have the formerly part. It, it's just so I, 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 no, I could go on a rant about that, but it's so weird. So you can find us on X. Don't do it. <laughs> um, I'm at bcff underscore Brandon. I'm at bcff underscore Jordan, and I'm at bcff underscore Zach. That's Z A K. So uh, we love to get on there. I mean, I'm commenting all over the place. I know, I know, Zach. Uh, you know, is pretty pretty active in talking trash on on uh x as well about pretty much everything so you know definitely yeah, hit us football up season. I'm, I'm tired of talking about basketball so i'm ready to i am so done talk talking about basketball so well, there it is zeet me <laughs> yeah yeah so uh <laughs> well th- thank you guys so much for joining in and by the way you know i know we took a little bit of a break but everyone that's still listening downloading the episodes all that stuff i still see it we really appreciate it. It is amazing to see, um, you know, all the downloads still happening and everyone's still paying attention and listening. Uh, you know, it means a lot to us. And, you know, we're going to start cranking out a few more episodes and getting ready for the season. And then definitely in-season stuff, you know, waiver wire stuff, we'll, we'll definitely have that stuff out. So um, thank you guys again. And thank you, gentlemen. It was fun. Thank you. All see right. ya. Good night. <laughs>